I want to fling. Whoa, marriage takes work. No, I want to fling into spring at Total Wine. Tequilas and fruit-flavored vodkas, chardonnays, rosés, pinots. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. This is Liz Colburn, host of Invited. Thanks for checking out the following podcast on Public House Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Food for Thought podcast. I'm your host, Kylie Thompson. Thanks so much for joining me for another week and another episode. I'm so excited for this one, guys. I literally say that before every episode, but this one's really cool. This one has a new tone to it. It features me as well as former guests. So she's coming back for round two, Gia Doherty. And we are talking all about stereotypes and culture surrounding alcohol and eating disorders within college. So this interview has a little bit more of a different tone to it. It's less of a testimonial and her and I are just talking. Um, I'm trying to bring on a new tone to the Food for Thought podcast. And so I really hope that you guys like it. It is a little bit more conversational, a little bit more, I think, lighthearted despite the topics that we're talking about because I just feel like that's really important for you guys to like see that this stuff is serious, but I want you guys to be able to listen to it in a more digestible way. So I brought on a guest to talk about all of this a little bit more with me. Gia is the bomb. This episode is really great and I'm really excited to get into it. But before that... It is officially pumpkin spice latte season. I'm drinking one right now, and I actually made it iced with my Coffee Over Cardio tumbler. I'm so obsessed. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. So Coffee Over Cardio is a female-owned coffee brand that focuses on giving women that need a little boost of caffeine, because who does not need that? I know I definitely need it. And you guys can use my coupon code 10kthompson to get 10% off of your order, whether you are buying creamer, merchandise, cold brew tumblers, or coffee grounds or K-cups, go ahead and plug 10kthompson into the checkout cart and you will get 10% off of your order. All right, everyone, I am done talking and now let's get right into Gia's interview. All right, everyone, I have Gia Doherty back here for another episode. What's up, girl? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, you know, just just living life. Uh-huh. It's a weird time. It really is. Um, so G is a rock star because I messaged her like kind of out of the blue because you were talking on Instagram about uh, something that I had shared and it was about like alcohol and eating disorders specifically during your time in college. And it was just a topic that Gia and I really both related on. So this isn't as scripted as my stuff usually is. And I have severe anxiety because I'm like (laughs) such a planner type A. But we're just going to talk about alcohol and college and just navigating all of that stuff that happens during that time. So yeah, what college did you go to? Or are you still in school? Yeah, so I'm still in school now. Um, I'm in grad school. So I go to Grandview University in Des Moines, where I just lived this past year. I just moved home to Chicago um, because I have an internship at Northwestern University here in Evanston. But prior to that, my undergrad was at University of Iowa, which is like widely known as the number one party school in the country, um, which it was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I mean, I had a great time in college, but when I saw you post that and I posted the same thing on my story, I like it's it was a post about um, culture in college with eating disordered like comments, like disordered eating comments in relation to alcohol. 
-hmm. and I've heard them a number of times, all the things that it said in that post. And I've said them, I will be wholeheartedly honest. I've always been, I've, I've said some of that myself within my time in college. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that was my education. And I definitely experienced a lot of that going to Iowa, having that experience there. Yeah. And before I hit record, Gia and I were just talking about like our college experience and like we live in different states. So I'm from Wisconsin and Wisconsin is just, like, we have shirts that say like drink Wisconsinably and like we <laughs> promote like UW-Madison is a huge party school. I was listening to another podcast the other day and the girl was talking about how she went to UW-Madison. She's, she lives in like, she's a reality show star now. And she's talking about how much partying those people did. And she's yeah. just like, Wisconsin schools are serious about their drinking. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was just a culture that like surrounded me. And like, I never touched alcohol, never really even was exposed to alcohol before going to college because my mom doesn't drink and like nobody in my family really drinks. So like, I didn't know anything about alcohol. Um, yeah. And I remember, so like we talked about this for a little second um, when we were texting earlier, but like even before going to college, people would warn me, well, don't, don't drink too much because you're going to gain that freshman 15. Yeah. How many times did you hear the phrase freshman 15? Like your oh, first, yeah. yeah. That's all that I heard when I, I didn't even know what that was until I obviously went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all they talk about. And like, I will admit too, for myself now, I don't weigh myself really ever. Um, I talked about this on the last podcast, but I relapsed my senior year of college. And since mm-hmm. then, um, I know that one of my triggers is weighing myself. And so I stopped, I haven't weighed myself in a very long time. Um, but in college, I used to just like, I would get weighed at physicals or I'd weigh myself in the summers. And that freshman year, I gained about 15 or 20 pounds. And it was very much, not only drinking, but it's also like my access to food was like ramen noodle and pasta because it was mm-hmm. the cheapest option. And I'm being honest, I didn't really take care of myself, <laughs> take care of myself my freshman year of college. Yeah. I mean, I joined a sorority. I made all new friends. I was definitely in that freshman year mindset of like, I was focused on school, but not focused enough. And I, you know, just wanted to go out all the time. Mm-hmm. So I heard it constantly, but then I noticed at the end of my freshman year, I was like, oh it's real because it happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just remember, so I don't even think it was like alcohol related because truthfully, like I didn't, (laughs) I didn't experiment a lot with like drinking before turning 21, just because like I said, like alcohol just like wasn't around me growing up. I didn't really know like what I liked, I guess, when it came to alcohol. Before you're turning 21, you're like those people just drink whatever they can get their hands on and it doesn't taste good. And I'm not about that. Like I can't, I still can't like drink something that I don't like. I'm like, I need fruity stuff and like Cosmos are my vice right now. Like I love, I just like need stuff that tastes good. So I wasn't really, yeah, I wasn't really big on drinking prior to turning 21. But like, I remember when I did turn 21, I gained a bunch of weight because I was, I mean, I was drinking. (laughs) Yeah, drinking the drink. Yeah. And the culture that surrounds alcohol. I mean, like, I I really enjoy going out with my girlfriends, ripped to doing that because of COVID. But like, I miss going out to a bar and having drinks with my friends and dancing and then going out to some dive place afterwards and like eating a bunch of fried food. That's, yeah, I love that. A lot of my like memories with my girlfriends are surrounding that. And I just like, so I don't even know if it was entirely like alcohol, but it was like, I gained weight because of just like learning about this new culture. Right. Um, and that's understandable. I think like, that's like, and that was one of the best advice that I was given in treatment by my therapist. 
um, when I was still in treatment in high school is that going out to eat with my friends was like my first step of eat, like publicly eating or like mm-hmm. eating and like sufficient amount of food to fuel my body and seeing it as like I'm doing it for the social gathering, not focusing mm-hmm. on like what I'm eating. And yeah. that's what alcohol, that experience is really related to. Like, you're not focused on what you're doing. You're focused on the time that you're having. With mm-hmm. alcohol comes the drinks you're getting, the 2 a.m. pizza that you go buy when you're done, then the Dunkin' that you get when you're hungover in the morning. Like, it's yes. just what it is. Yes. And, like, I I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I want to – okay, I'm going to pull up this, this thing that we were talking about on Instagram. Yeah. Please hold, guys. We're pulling it up. Pulling it up. Okay. So I have – these are some of the examples of the normalization of eating disorder culture mm-hmm. in college. Um, it's normalizing the decision not to eat before you go out to have more fun. Can we just uh, like talk about these like bullet by bullet? Yeah. Okay. And these are, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> guys, this is so unplanned. I'm stressed. Okay. So when it comes to like that one, so I'll just read it again. Normalizing the decision not to go out before. Wow. Okay. Normalizing <laughs> the decision to not eat before you go out to have more fun. Like I can count on like my hands and feet how many times I've done this still. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, I, the, when I saw that, see, I, I have a hard time because like I'm a title holder and that's, that's where I have the platform that I do to advocate for what mm-hmm. I do for, but I'm, I will be always honest and transparent that I do slip up sometimes. And one of the biggest ones, which is why I related to this topic so much is when it comes to drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, don't come for me for the fact I'm like, no one like tried to like cancel me because I drank like drank before I was 21, but mm-hmm. it's college. I obviously did it safely and I was responsible. Yes. Um, Everyone but, experiments with that in college. It's right. Right. But I think with like being a title holder, you're supposed to be like cross your T's, dot your I's. And yeah. I'm very much a responsible human, but I, I like to have fun was when I was in college and like mm-hmm. being an only child, I, I, I was a very much goody two shoes in high school. I never drank in high school and I can mm-hmm. say that wholeheartedly. Um, so college was my first exposure to drinking and that line of saying, normalizing the decision not to eat before you go out to have more fun. I did mm-hmm. all the time. And especially mm-hmm. because it was also normalized like as a financial thing, because I'm yep. like, Oh, if I, if I don't eat, I buy less drinks cause I get drunker faster. Yep. Yes. And like, I, like, I still, like, I feel like we talked about this last time we recorded, but, like, I like to kind of check myself in regards to, like, my recovery journey and remind myself that, like, I still have work to do. And I read mm-hmm. that one, and I was like, I am feeling attacked. I, I felt like, attacked. I am 23 years old, and, like, I still do that. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Um, And I never thought that was an eating disorder habit because so many other people do it. Yeah. Like uh, my girlfriends will be like getting ready to go out and everyone's like, okay, nobody eat because then we're going to be like cheaper. It'll be cheaper for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just like, I've worked on even like before seeing this, like I, tr- I try to be conscious about it. But, like I try to like eat like rice or like pasta before I go out because I don't, I can't, anyone that knows me, I cannot drink a lot. Oh, I, yeah. I've called myself a one drink wonder to so many people. Cause like <laughs> I literally will have like one mojito and I'm like, like I'm it's ridiculous and then if I don't eat I'm a mess I literally will have two drinks and be like sleeping somewhere like it's ridiculous oh Um, yeah and so like I don't know why people associate that with having more fun because I've had on the nights that like I eat like a slice of pizza before I go out or something and like I have something to soak it up and I'm freaking coherent yeah and, and, like, my friends can't, don't have to worry that I'm going to be, like, passed out somewhere. Like, right. off of, like, two drinks. Are you kidding yeah. me? That's not. I know. 
that was us in college like me and my friend my friend group who I like were my roommates in college are still like my best friends to this mm-hmm. day I will say as we gotten older like we just um got together for our friend's birthday on Saturday and for the first time ever we we're like okay we're gonna go out and eat first because we already know we're gonna be drinking so, uh-huh. like that was like the most and I was like no this was before I saw this post mm-hmm. so I was like wow we have growth we growth <laughs> I will say we have grown but in college, we definitely um, did not eat before we go out because uh-huh. we wanted money and, you know, we were going to get yep. drunk or that whole thing. It, it, it sounds so bad saying it out loud and I know what it is, but I've done it. So that's why, like, mm-hmm. I'll never judge someone for doing it. But, like, I also want to share, like, my experience with doing it that mm-hmm. I can promise not eating before going out didn't save me any LBs. It saved me no pounds. <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. it's, it's an unhealthy habit that you stick with in college. It, it's not going to save you anything besides a really bad hangover in the morning is what you're going to mm-hmm. have. For sure. And then, okay, so the second one. Oh, this one hurts too. This one's making oh, yeah. me feel attacked. It says, <laughs> normalizing not eating because of the outfit you're wearing. That hurt. At me. At, at me. me. <laughs> at me next time. All Just right. at me next time. Um, I, again, I still do that stuff. Like you're yep. wearing like I don't know. What do I typically go out in? I don't even know because I haven't gone out in so long. But like, um, uh, like a crop top and some jeans. Mm-hmm. Don't you don't want the jeans to be fitting too tight? So you just you're just like, oh, I'm not going to eat before going out. Are you kidding me? Yep. <laughs> Done it. This weekend, mm-hmm. I will even like. That's why it's hard. I'm. I will stay with the advocacy that I do. I believe that I'm a great advocate for what I do, but I still slip up, and I think mm-hmm. that's what makes me a good advocate. Is I'll be honest and transparent about it. Like I'll continue to say that because I did that this weekend. Mm-hmm. We were going out and I planned on wearing a bodysuit and a skirt. And I, that morning, I was like, I'm going to eat a little lighter this morning and mm-hmm. I'm going to go for a quick jog because I want to look good in my outfit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in college. Well, I'm technically still in college, but like, I'm not living that college life. But in college, college, I would do that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, I didn't realize, like I read them before, but like reading them and like <laughs> analyzing them, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. Um, You're like, I'm attacked. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm feeling very attacked right now, but it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't – I feel like I remember – so, like, no shade at my college friends. I'm still, like, very good friends with them. But a lot yeah. of them are, like, really naturally very skinny, like, tiny little bitties. And mm-hmm. they friends. would wear – yep, they would wear all these little, like – I don't even know how to describe like lingerie tucked into some jeans type stuff. Like they're, yeah. they're going all out and they would do stuff like that too. They're like, Oh, I don't want to bloat. And in my head, I'm like, where? Tell where? me where, <laughs> like, where are you yeah. bloating right now? Please, <laughs> please explain to me. Oh my God. I agree so much. Yeah. And it's so normalized. Like I, and like people don't even realize that these are like disordered eating tendencies. That's, that's the thing. And what I shame myself for, what I wasn't good at is like educating my friends mm-hmm. when I live with them, because I should have said something, something that I'm better at now is checking myself and being better advocate with my friends. Because mm-hmm. I think in college, I was actually like kind of like teased for doing pageants by like frat guys, because some of them, either some of them thought it was super cool. Like my boyfriend now and all of his friends think it's like the coolest thing and all my friends love it. And have always supported me, but like I had a boyfriend in college who all of his friends mocked me. Like, and it was Mm -hmm. like, so I just felt like I could never, like, I felt like if I ever like corrected someone, they'd be like, oh, why? Because you're a title holder. Like, oh, you, you advocate for this. Like, I never said it because I was too embarrassed that someone was going to make fun of me. But Mm -hmm. now that like, I wish I could look back at like my 19, 20 year old self and like told her like, 
excuse my language, but like who gives a shit? Like mm-hmm. I could have helped a lot of one of my friends. So that's what I do now is I, and even to this day, are sometimes bad about making comments about myself. Like I'll say sometimes like, oh, I feel super chubby today. I'm like, oh, I look bigger than usual. I'll mm-hmm. still say that. Mm-hmm. I stopped saying that because now I won't let any one of my friends talk worse about themselves or bad about themselves any worse than I do. And I don't allow myself anymore to say anything negative about myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hold my friends to the same standard that I hold myself. And that's kind of what I do to try to make up for not correcting that behavior in the past. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure to my friends, it probably saw like contradicting all my friends knew what I did. You know what I mean? They knew mm-hmm. how strongly I felt about this, but then I would join in on the behavior. Mm-hmm. So they would be like, well, do you do it or do you not? For sure. Yeah. And like, I think back to like my college experience and like, you've talked about this as well. I was still pretty sick in my eating disorder while I was in college. And yeah. so I think just for me and like really this normalization of all of this stuff is what's so toxic is like, you know, and it, cause it was almost like reassuring to me in my mind. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat today before I go out because I want to look hot in this outfit. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's an eating disorder thought and that's an eating disorder tendency. Oh yeah. Um, but because everyone else is doing it, it's normalized. Mm-hmm. And I was just a couple hours ago recording with someone who was um, a pre-professional ballerina. And she was explaining to me like something very similar, obviously in a very different environment, but she was like, oh, the girls are talking about like all I had today before seven hour dance rehearsals and Apple. And she's like, well, that's what I did too, but they're doing it too. So like to your mind, you're like, well, it's normal. That's what yeah. we're supposed to do. That's what everyone's doing. And so that works here too, because you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go on a run in the morning and eat a salad instead of like something more substantial that'll soak up the alcohol. I'm just going to do this so that I don't bloat and like look cute in my outfit. Yeah. Which You're like, living off your environment. Yeah. And just for the record, I guarantee you don't look any different in your outfit if you eat a salad or you eat a burger. I promise. promise. I promise. Like- Unless you have like a food allergy and you bloat from like a weird food, but just don't eat that. That's that's not that's not gassy. Don't eat it. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like that's not an eating disorder. That's like a food allergy. Yeah. It's just this is all this is blowing my mind right now. Um, Yeah. And even I relate to you when you said that you live with roommates who are like really tiny. Like both all three of my roommates were size zero, size two, and a size two. Granted, don't focus on the number. I that's everything that I say. But as someone who was a size six, mm-hmm. it was really hard when they'd ask to borrow my clothes and then I want to borrow their clothes. I already knew that I wasn't going to fit mm-hmm. into theirs. So like mm-hmm. being surrounded by that only made that mindset. And like, that's no blame to my roommates. Like it was right. all, you know, my choice and I, I love them. Like mm-hmm. it, at the end of the day, I learned from it and it made my college experience what it was. But mm-hmm. living with, uh, that's also hard too. Like the statistic in here that 40% of incoming freshmen will already have some sort of struggle with disordered eating. Mm-hmm. The, the culture surrounded by drinking in college and females will only heighten that, I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I think we can skip the like normalizing, not eating to cancel out calories when you go out. Cause I feel like that's kind of like what we talked about in the first two, but do yeah. you know, I can edit this out if you don't know, what is yeah. this pulling trig? so I I like I also feel really bad about this one so this is like when you make yourself throw up because you are know you're about to like you know you're gonna get sick and so you just pull triggs to let it all out because you can feel like that you're about to throw up and you can't do it oh that's kind of what I thought but I've never heard that language so I I know a lot about it (laughs) because please educate me 
Yeah. So even like my roommates have done this, like one of my roommates, she was on Accutane. Um, so she, which is an acne medication mm-hmm. that you cannot have any alcohol. So she'd get really sick when she would drink. So she actually really didn't drink a lot. Um, but there were times when she had to pull trig because she was like, I feel so sick and it's not coming up and I have to let it out. So that behavior is directly tied to the actions of someone who has bulimia of the purging aspect of it. Um, but in college it's normalized because it's, it's part of just letting out all that you just drank. You know what I mean? Right. And I think, I mean, I didn't know that verbiage, but as you're elaborating on it, I think like that's super normal for Mm -hmm. people to just be like, or they'll, they'll say like, Oh, I don't want to feel hungover in the morning. So I'm going to like go make myself myself throw up. Yeah. Okay. And I remember, okay, so, like, in, I primarily only talk about, like, my, like, anorexia experience, Mm -hmm. because that was what happened, like, in the earlier parts of my eating disorder, Um, but in college, and especially my sophomore and junior year, so, like, when I was turning 21, um, I, like, I had bulimia, I didn't really, like, I never really sought treatment for it, I did a lot of, like, independent kind of work, and, like, just worked on myself to try and get out of that, but, like, I remember that was something, like, I would hear a girl say that, And, like, Mm -hmm. I made it three days without, like, purging or, like, I did whatever and, like, I finally felt good and then I'd be triggered because somebody would be, like, oh, last night, like, I didn't want to feel hungover this morning, so I just, like, made myself throw up and then I woke up feeling great. And then I think, like, well, I should have done that, like. And the thing is, the response to it is also what, like, reiterates that feeling in your head because the response back, like, her friends probably weren't, like, Jenny, like, that, don't do that, that's gross. It was probably, like, oh, my God, I probably would have done the same thing. Like, it's really encouraged, you know what I mean? yeah. That's so interesting because I that was the only one where I was looking at this list and I'm like, what is that? Yeah, I mean, so, I will be wholehearted that I've done it, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And not even, and for myself, my bulimia, binging and purging, I would binge, but my purge was exercising, which now has an actual clinical term. I believe it's orthorexia, where you have an obsession with um, working out. Okay. I believe yeah. that's the term. I could I'd say, I think, I think orthorexia is like um, clean eating, or clean like an eating. obsession with clean eating. So that was my, that was my version of, I'd binge a lot and then I'd go on an excessive like workout purge and then a clean eating purge, like, or to get it all out yeah. and then I'd binge again. Okay. Um, but I used to do it myself, not even realizing that like mm-hmm. what I was doing was so damaging to the eating disorder community. Right. And I was actually looking up cause I thought I had heard of this. So that like that pulling trig or that like <laughs> drinking alcohol and then purging um that actually has a name too and that's drunkorexia yes 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 um yeah so I I, we were talking about it and I'm like okay I need to google this because I thought I'd heard about that um and it's just like it's it's literally bulimia but you're drinking it's surrounding alcohol you're not necessarily purging when you're eating but you're purging when you're drinking Um, and you're saving all your calories for alcohol yeah that was the next one wasn't it Oh, no, that was the one above, the normalizing not eating to cancel all the yes. calories when you go out. Yeah. And then, so the one after um, normalizing vocabulary, such as pulling trig, is casually bringing up how little you ate today. I don't even think this surrounds drinking. I think this yeah. is language that I hear all the time. Like, mm-hmm. And I feel like girls are trying to, like, subtly brag mm-hmm. about, like, I, do you see this a lot in pageants where, like, I will show up to like my interview at 8.30 in the morning and someone will be talking about like, oh, I was, I was too nervous to eat. All I could eat is this. And someone else is like, oh, I couldn't eat at all. Or like, I just had coffee or 
blah, 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 blah. Like I see yeah. this language everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's literally everywhere. I've heard it girls say in pageants. I might've even said it to just like my mom, like, I'm so nervous. I, I can only have an apple today, but like what I've learned and I've said this on one of my episodes of we need to talk that like, I always make sure like before a pageant that I have like a set of people that are going to be able to like my tools to make sure that I don't relapse, I guess is mm-hmm. the best way to say. So I'll have like a nutrition coach. I'll have my therapist there all to make sure that I'm feeling my body enough to be prepared for just stressful moments in my life. Cause mm-hmm. pageants can be stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I always have them there because I used to do that. I used to not eat before a pageant because I was so scared. And like, that that's normalized in every aspect of, I mean, I hear it, not just drinking, not just pageants. I'll hear people like that. I work with just be like, oh, like I only had a salad today. Yeah. Like, boo boo. It's five. What do you mean? Uh-huh. Or like I work in a restaurant right now because unemployed with COVID. Um, <laughs> but in the restaurant business, like it's very normalized to work like 12 hour shifts. So mm-hmm. like on Fridays and Saturdays, I used to work open to close. So that's a 10 o'clock shift to 11 PM. Um, yeah. and I would do that with like, there'd be, you know, other servers aren't as tough as me. So they like, there was only a handful of us that would do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, we'd all, we'd all be working all day and like, they just be like, Oh, I'm, I'm so busy. And it's like 9 PM and they're just now eating. And it's like a subtle flex. And it's like, that's it is. That's not a flex because how can you even, and maybe it's just because of like the damage that like I've done to my body over the years. But like, if I don't eat something every like couple hours, I get really lightheaded. I get really yeah. like dizzy. I get really like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but I turn like, I get really dumb. Like I can't. Yeah. And like, you have to have these social skills to be a server. <laughs> like I'm working all day. Like mm-hmm. I have to, I, I'm like, screw my tables. I'm going to eat some cheese and crackers real quick. They can wait a minute for their soup and salad. Like I'll be right there. Um, yeah. but other people just like, don't make that a priority. And then they make it this, like, like I said, just like a flex. They're like, yeah. Oh, well, cause I work, uh, I work at Olive Garden. Um, and they'll be like, Oh, well I'm eating, I'm eating like one of the bowls of salad and it's 10 PM. And like, that's all I ate today. It's like, that's not cute. Yeah. It's I don't, not, I don't it's know not. why we've made it seem that way so normalized. Yeah. And I, like, I know this, it's probably all over the place right now with this podcast, but I feel like people are going to be able to relate to so many aspects of it because I think in general, there are so many eating disorder, like tendencies and like verbiage used day to day that aren't called out enough. And it's not about people being too sensitive. It's just about your, your normalizing unhealthy behavior. Mm-hmm. And one of those big ones is not eating be- mm-hmm. because it's seen as like, Oh, I don't know. It's like almost condoned. Like, oh, I didn't eat yeah. today, but like, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you should have yourself fueled already for three meals. Right. Or like, I used to do this a lot. I've been serving since I was 16. And so I was serving throughout like my time of being in um, recovery for my eating disorder. And in college, again, like I would work these like super long shifts. And I, I can't, honestly, I can't believe that I didn't do more damage to my body. It's amazing how our bodies work, but like my thing used to be, I would work this open to close shift and have nothing but a sugar for Red Bull. One of the like big, big guys. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And like, I would drink that like throughout the day. Um, but it wasn't like I crushed it in like 30 minutes or anything, but like that would be what I would consume in my day. And I said, and I hear people say this too, and it's kind of related to this, like like discussing what you ate um yeah. but like bubbly drinks or like carbonated drinks like make your body feel full yeah when you're not 
and like when you're when you're restricting like having that in your stomach does make you feel very like I would get like uncomfortably full full yeah because you've got like all these bubbles like it's not sustenance it's like bubbly crap in, yeah. in, your, in stomach. your stomach um and I just remember always being like I would do it too I'd be like oh well it's like 8 p.m and I'm I just finished my Red Bull and like that's all I'm gonna have today that's all I had today yeah like also, it's just it's so it's also damaging for us too like like mm-hmm. that's just like said like so many people are coming out of either clinically diagnosed eating disorders or like body struggles into college and then you're just immersed in that setting and I don't know if you, speaking of drinks I don't know if you've ever done this either but when I was preparing when I was preparing for Miss Iowa 2018 that was the last year of swimsuit mm-hmm. I actually cut out alcohol as a whole for about mm-hmm. a month um just because like helpful like I wanted to be like just a cleaner mindset, cleaner state. Mm-hmm. I just like, didn't want to be drinking all the time. I had so much going on that I didn't mm-hmm. want to be hung over for anything. Um, but I cut out alcohol for a month and it was great. And I felt so much healthier, but the mm-hmm. month prior to that, I switched to only having vodka waters. And mm-hmm. that was like something all my friends and I did. We're like, Oh my God, that's so much healthier than the vodka lemonade you always get. We're just going to do vodka waters now with lime juice. And in Sounds our head, disgusting. We're like, it's disgusting. A, it's not good. We pretended that we like it. I knew none of those girls. I know my friends did not like it because neither did I. But even now, we like we still do it, like as if we're mature and it's a more sophisticated drink. But it's just mm-hmm. because it's what we we had all throughout the end of college. But I don't know if you've ever related to that. But that was something that we did. We would transition to vodka water because there's mm-hmm. no calorie count in what we're mixing it with. Hmm. I've never tried it because, like I said, I just need. I can't. I don't recommend it. (laughs) I can't. I have one friend. So like something my listeners might not know about me is that I love bowling. I bowl like three times a week. Um, I have have my own bowling ball. I love it. But like there's a lot of alcohol surrounding the bowling alley. And I go with like a lot of work friends. My boyfriend's the one that got me into it. And like all of his friends, we all go bowling specifically on Thursdays. And like there's like Thirsty Thursday. So sometimes like pre-COVID people would like go out after because the bowling alley was open to like one and then we'd all go out for a couple of drinks. But there's one friend in particular. I know he listens to this. Thomas, if you're listening, this is you. Um, <laughs> but he claims he likes vodka water. He'll do like vodka water with like lemon. Um yeah. No, I want, he wanted me to try one day. I was like, no, but like he, he's going to be a guest on the podcast eventually, but he has struggled with like body image and like he was overweight, lost a lot of weight. And like, I, I, I don't know too much about his journey, but like, I don't think he did it in necessarily the healthiest way. Um, but yeah. he was talking to me about like, well, I want a beer, but I'm going to have a vodka water because there's like no carbs. And it's yeah. just like, I am all for making healthy choices. And like one thing I focus on if I'm drinking is like, I can't have a lot of sugar. It makes me feel like garbage. I like wake up the next morning and my stomach is like disgusting. Um, And so like, I'll do like sugar free something like sugar substitutes, whatever. But like, if you're drinking, I'm sorry, but like it's not going to be healthy. No. So I think we need to cut out this mindset of like, this is the healthier option because really how many like fractions of calories are you counting like counting out of your diet like I just I don't know I'm like no I agree I've never (laughs) no I agree I've never thought about it that way because I think what should be like there should just be a common understanding that with drinking you're not going to have a healthy option so you might as well just have a good time and order what the hell you want because Mm -hmm. you're the healthier option is just going to either cause you more damage or get you more junk and you're going to feel more sick tomorrow because that means Mm -hmm. that you're not going to eat before you're going to go out I'm going to order a damn vodka water 
and I'm going to feel terrible tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. and I even noticed now a lot of me and my friends are slowly starting to see each other again because the past month, because the mm-hmm. things started to open up here and I started to feel like pretty gross because I've been drinking a lot, like every weekend with my friends, like mm-hmm. gross, like internally, because I'm very transparent about the medical conditions that I've had prior or after my eating disorder, but one of them is a lot of GI issues. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have an array of GI problems now that I still have to take medication for now. And mm-hmm. you know, I had colonoscopy and endoscopy before yes. both my parents. Like, yes. it was terrible, awful. And yes. one of the things I cannot have anymore is alcohol. So I have it oh. like in college, this was now after college, this is something that is new of like this year. Um, but I like can't really have alcohol really anymore. Um, because it, it physically makes me sick. My, there's so much, basically there's so much acid in my stomach from my eating disorder that I cannot consume alcohol because mm-hmm. alcohol is very acidic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes me very, very sick. But with drinking more again, I, I even caught myself, you know, I don't know if you ever caught, like catch those thoughts in your head. This was a couple of days ago. I caught a eating disorder thought in my head that was like, Oh, you really need to cut back on the drinking. Like you, I feel really bloated. Like I'm, I'm not really happy right now. And I have a like a red light green light mechanism that I learned in treatment that like stopping the thought where it is processing it and then moving forward. And that's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. But mind you, those, those alcohol culture tendencies were like ingrained in my mind from college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And like, I, I struggle with like kind of that acknowledging what an eating disorder thought is. Cause I think I just mentally get so like, I overanalyze everything. I overthink everything. And so like, I, I guess like, I don't, I don't know if other people experience this too, but I'll wake up from a night of drinking and like feel really depressed. So like I, that's part of why I don't drink a lot. It's just like, even when I was in college and like first starting to drink, I like, I thought that I had depression and like wanted to go to therapy. And I went to one therapy session and my therapist was like, Oh, let's discuss like why you're feeling this way, what triggers you. And it was literally just alcohol. And she said that that was like normal. Um, so I did cut back significantly, but now I struggle with like, if I wake up and I'm like feeling kind of like bluesy or whatever, like I am feeling bloated. I struggle to like, I don't know if it's my eating disorder saying like, Oh, this isn't an eating disorder thought. This is what's actually healthy for you is to not drink. Like I kind of battled that. Um, and so like I'll feel bloated. And like, if you're bloated, I feel like something's irritating you know what I mean like yeah something's irritating you something's making your stomach like uncomfortable yeah. um, and so like my eating disorder will be like oh stop like stop doing this and then I'll combat that with like well everything's fine in moderation like if I go out mm-hmm. to like hang out with my friends like that's a social activity it's something that I like and there's drinking involved so like I'm I'm 23 it's legal it's fun like whatever but then yeah. I feel like my eating it's just like this never-ending dialogue between like the two voices which like makes me yeah but then my eating disorders voice is like well no because it's bad for you anyway so like you can go Mm -hmm. out but have like cranberry juice instead of like vodka cranberry or whatever like just cut out that one thing and you'll probably feel better and like I just have a really hard time figuring out what's that voice and what's like my rational voice (laughs) voice yeah it's hard I say that those who are who have eating disorders or recovered are the strongest humans you'll ever meet because they have to like combat two lifestyles to try Mm -hmm. to merge it into one healthy one and even for years like after like how many years has it been since you and I have technically like clinically been recovered and released right but we still combat these thoughts all the time Mm -hmm. and that's why this like topic I was so excited that you asked about because this topic in itself is 
is a topic that I have to talk myself through a lot. You know, it's summertime, especially going out with my friends. Like this is something, a dialogue that I have to change in my own mind still. Mm-hmm. And I think in the summer, like going back to one of these, like the, um, like not eating or like eating less to make up for like the outfit that you're going to wear. Um, it's summertime girls. Like we don't, some girls don't wear a lot going out. Like, so like, you're just like showing more skin. Whereas like in once October hits, I'm wearing turtlenecks everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So like nobody can see if I blow it. So I feel like I almost take worse care of my body in the summer. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's swimsuits and shorts and crop tops and all this stuff. Whereas like in the winter, I feel like I'm a little bit more tentative to my body's needs and wants versus like just doing whatever yeah. to make sure that I like look good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's so true to go along with it too. Like it is summer swimsuits for me was like a really triggering thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't like, this was the first summer that I actually bought swimsuits mm-hmm. in years. I, I usually hated shopping for swimsuits. Like those were, that was the one time that I'm the most exposed and mm-hmm. I was very self-conscious about. And this was the first summer that I just wasn't. And I don't know if that has to do with like the time that I am in recovery, how much like I've, I, this past year, I put a lot of effort into like my mindset and being more confident. Um, but for myself, it's, it, and a lot of people, it's hard because these unhealthy like tendencies are all around you, especially during the summer when like mm-hmm. it's your whole body's exposed, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and all your friends are the same way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, I was thinking specifically, so one social distancing activity I've been doing throughout quarantine is, like, there's a river a little bit out of Green Bay that, like, you can go floating down. So my friends and I went floating, but we made our, like, because you all, like, hook together so you can yeah. together. And instead of going in, like, a circle, we made all of ours, like, in a line six feet apart. So, like, we were still oh, social nice. distance. Yeah, it was super fun. But, like, I – this goes in with, like, all of this. So, like, I was going to be drinking, so I was like, well, I shouldn't eat before. I mm-hmm. was in a swimsuit, so I was like, well, I'm not going to eat before. And then once I'm yeah. even in the swimsuit on the river floating down, I'm like, okay, well, I had one white cloth, so that's 100 calories, and I had this, so that's another 100, and I had this. And, like, eventually I was like – even though I, like, wanted to keep drinking, because this is, like, a six-hour thing. You, like, float yeah. for a long time. And I was very much, like – my school really taught like Utah one or two an hour. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was always like, I was like, Utah, Utah, like being like trying to pretend like I was drinking like one an hour for like alcohol reasons. When in reality, it was my eating disorder just being like, no, like, because then that's only going to be this many calories versus if you had three in an hour. It's like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I caught myself that day specifically like putting on the swimsuit and being like, like, I knew you're in the hot sun, you're drinking all day, you're like, you should eat something before yeah. you do this. Um, yeah. And I just didn't, because I was like, well, I don't want to, like, eat and then not look good in my swimsuit, because you're sitting the whole time. And, like, yeah. my, one of my biggest insecure areas is my stomach, and I was like, if I eat, I was literally, I was making myself, like, half of a bagel. I was like, if I eat this half of a bagel, I'm going to be so bloated, they're going to see my little tummy rolls, and it's not going to be yeah. cute, so I'm just not going to eat it. And I remember I came home from tubing and I had left that half of a bagel on the counter and I came back and I was like, I was fine. I wasn't drunk or anything, but I looked at it and I was mad. I was yeah. like, I was like, I really just like left that sitting there and didn't eat it and wasted it because I wanted to look skinny in my swimsuit when my friends would not have cared if they could yeah. see my stomach roll or like whatever. Yeah. To flip it with like a positive, because this is a problem that I used to have mm-hmm. is I was really self-conscious around 
like certain people in college, like certain guys and super, certain group of girls. I was really self-conscious about my weight. Mm-hmm. I was really like self-conscious in college for a lot of reasons. Like I will say that something definitely attributed to it was the relationship that I was in in college wasn't a healthy one. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, I, he'll never hear it. So I could care less, but I was cheated on. So multiple times. And that definitely shaped like the relationship that I had with my body because mm-hmm. instead of comparing myself to the other girls of being like, oh, they're smarter than me or, oh, they're, they're good athletes. I was like, oh, they're, well, they're all skinnier than I am. Mm-hmm. That was my first go-to. And so that definitely shaped the relationship that I had with my body in college for a long time. And that's when the drinking aspect comes in of well of like, okay, well, I'm just not going to eat before I go out to look good in this. But mm-hmm. the way that I shape it now is only surrounding myself around people that like are fully accepting of who I am and people that I'm really comfortable around. So like this summer I was in, I've been going in like being in a swimsuit more times than I ever been in the summer. And this would be really triggering for me if I look back on like college, cause I've been around, you know, my boyfriend, all my boyfriend's friends, all of my friends, all of mm-hmm. their friends, friends, like I'm around all these different people. So distancing still, but I'm around all these different people that would have been really triggering for me, but I changed like the narrative of my friends who I surround myself with. And like, Mm -hmm. these are all people who I'm super confident and comfortable around. And I never thought about what I look like in a swimsuit one time because I was so like comfortable of the people Mm -hmm. that I was with. And I didn't have that that. knowledge. Yeah. And I think that's why I definitely have a healthier relationship with my image in a swimsuit this summer because of the people that I'm with. And I think Mm -hmm. that's key Um, like even with the whole like alcohol narrative in college, you have to surround yourself with friends that aren't going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be surrounded around people who are not gonna, like there was one on here and I've never done this and I've never had a friend do this because I wouldn't be friends with them. But one on there is like, I can unlock my phone, but, um, it the wishing you had an eating disorder. Yeah. Or making others feel bad for, um, not working out or commenting on other people's food or plates. Mm-hmm. Like none of my friends have ever done that. I've never done that to anyone. I would never, mm-hmm. but if you have friends that do that, like see ya, they are only going to make your mindset worse. Like anyone that is a part of that type of narrative in your life should not be without mm-hmm. a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. And I actually have, this is like something that I don't talk about too much, but like there's one situation and like I've cut out some friends that I made in college for like some reasons similar to this because I my freshman year specifically like alcohol aside I just kind of found myself in a pretty toxic friend group um they just like they were all those like very naturally skinny but could eat whatever they want girls some of them went to the gym but most of them like weren't doing any of that and like I've had to work really hard to look the way that I do whether it's like reminding myself to eat or like going to the gym or whatever whatever it is like I've worked really hard to have the body that I have and they just like in my head, they looked better than me and they looked better than me naturally. And so I was like very envious of that. But like, they all knew like pretty quickly, like I was very open about, I was a title holder when I went into college. So like when they found out that they like asked me about it. And so they knew that I promoted like healthy lifestyle, eating disorder, awareness and advocation. And Mm -hmm. when I went to college my freshman year, I really, for the first time was like learning how to eat and learning how to eat on my own because I wasn't, when I was in high school, I'd come home and have a home cooked dinner And like, I was only responsible for two out of the three meals of the day. And one of them was provided by my high school. And like, so it's just like, I was learning how to eat and like what foods I liked and like really how to fuel my body on my own. Um, And so like with some of that, like I talked a little bit about like some of the weight that I gained my freshman year of college. Some of that was because I was learning what foods I liked and like eating those foods and being like, oh my God, this tastes so good. Um, And like, 
I just remember there was one time we were all in the cafeteria in my school. Shout out to St. Norbert College Cafeteria. We're ranked number one in the Midwest. The food there is so good. Oh, good. Oh, so good. I didn't um, have that. <laughs> oh, my. That's what I hear a lot of people in college say that their food's trash. I'm like, my school might be super expensive, but they feed us well. They, yeah. The food was so good. When I got rid of my meal plan, I was so sad because I was like, <laughs> I can't have this food anymore. It's like, what the heck? Um, and so, like, I. I don't even remember what it was, but they had one dessert um, that they would make like once a month. It was some like apple pie, apple crisp kind of situation. Loved it. Tasted like one that my mom used to make. So I went into the calf. I didn't even like, I didn't even get any of the actual meal. I just got like the dessert and I would like use one of my calf swipes to go in there and get it. Cause I was like, heck yes, bring it on. And I had already eaten something before I went into the calf, like my dinner. And I just went in there for something sweet. And all my friends were like eating their little salads and whatever. I was sitting there with this like apple crisp and one of them said something and she was like, Oh, she was like, you just came in here for that. She was like, you don't want to put any, you don't want to eat anything healthy. Oh, hell no. Uh huh. And so like, granted I was, 18 and like I might not seem like it in like these interactions but I'm very like shy I'm very like if someone says something to me I'm not confrontational I'm like very yeah I'm very much a people pleaser and so then I just remember I felt like absolute garbage the rest of the day and that like stuck in my voice and then anytime like I went to the calf with her I ate certain foods um and it was just like it was very toxic and it was something that I didn't that breaks my heart it was so sad and like it was at a time where I was really, really learning to enjoy food again. Um, yeah. And so it was just like, it took me back a couple of steps. And then actually the same friend, I don't even know, we barely talked about it, but this was one thing that like another friend heard it and she was like, hang on. So like, yeah. it was a ho- it was Halloween my freshman year and like I went out sober, but all of my friends had been drinking. And this, one of them got really drunk and said something about like me being overweight. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, she, she said it in such passing and she was really drunk and she was walking home. I was helping her walk home. She said something about me being like, like she was this frail little thing and I was like carrying her and she said something about me being like overweight. Um, and like, that's how come I could carry her because I wasn't skinny. And one of my other girlfriends was walking behind us and she, I like looked at her and was like, (sighs) like great I'm like helping this girl and she's gonna sit here and be rude to me but then I never brought it up but my friend did to her and she was like do you even remember saying this to her she was like you literally called our friend fat like are you kidding me she's like oh I would have I didn't even know what to do I was like (laughs) I was like stunned I was like I remember I stopped walking and I was like and part of me was like I could just leave you here like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that wouldn't be nice, but I could have just like stopped walking you home and let you figure it out and like left your butt. But I didn't. Yeah. Oh um, my God. I'm yeah, so sorry. It was uh, honestly talked about it in therapy a lot. Love it. Yeah, um, I would it was, too. It was one of those things that like really shaped like how I saw myself my freshman year of college, especially because Halloween's pretty early on. Like you don't know these girls very well. And so and Halloween, my, like, is everyone just as a like little clothes? Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. And yeah, I just remember like that. I just knew within those couple interactions, I was like, these are not people I'm going to have in my life forever. Like, no. And so just like getting the strength to like cut those people out if they're talking to you that way. That's the point of that story. It's just like being able to like acknowledge a toxic relationship, whether it's romantic or friendship or whatever, and being like, you're not, you're not good to have in my circle because this is how you make me feel. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And like, this is just like in relation to college because I feel like that's kind of where this episode is is Mm -hmm. going but like having you'll meet a lot of people in college like that's my advice 
to anyone is you're going to meet a lot of people and don't be scared to cut anyone out because mm-hmm. I promise you that in uh, there's people that I met freshman sophomore year of college that I've never talked to again and I'm perfectly fine mm-hmm. but like you can't you can't tolerate Mm-mm. having people like that in your life because it's it's damaging like mm-hmm. I had this past year I for the most part I've never had anyone ever comment on my weight if anything mm-hmm. The only thing that someone has ever said to me was in high school and he was a guy friend. And again, I'm not confrontational. I grew up as like the guy's girl. Mm-hmm. All my friends in high school were like, you know, all my guy best friends. Me I, too. I can take it. I can throw it back. And I'm like, I'll, I'll have that conversation. Like, I don't care. Like if you want to mm-hmm. try to be funny, but in high school, someone, I lost a lot of weight, not people realizing that it was because I, that was a summer that I had an eating disorder and I was in treatment. And a guy friend of mine told me, wow, Gia, you look really skinny. I used to be able to like roll you down the hallways last year. That took a long time for me to get through with therapy. And I thought that that was, I was never going to have any, anyone. The point of the story is never, ever comment on someone's weight, whether you're complimenting them on the way that Mm -hmm. they look, you could be complimenting them on negative behavior, such as an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. But in society, it's so normalized that we talk about like, celebrities bodies so much Mm -hmm. like poor Lizzo is like just absolutely dragged through the dirt but she never asks she's not out here being a fitness model that's not what she's promoting she's promoting her music but everyone decided to bring her body into the conversation as with as if she's trying to be this like health guru Mm -hmm. no one knows what she's doing behind the scenes to take care of her body you can't assume by looking at her that she's Mm -hmm. just living unhealthily but we normalize that it's okay to to talk about people Mm -hmm. and for me I had a guy friend in like February comment on my body when I wasn't around in front of five different guys, my boyfriend and another girl. And that was the first time that anyone had ever talked about my body in like five years. And I, and it was during National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This past year. And I was absolutely triggered. Like I went home, like as long as I am in recovery, I went home and I cried. We were all out like getting drinks and I my apartment was down the road and I said that I need to go plug in my phone to put in the charger and I went back and I cried because no one should ever comment on a weight but I Mm -hmm. think for me a male's commenting on a female's figure hurts a lot more Mm -hmm. and he the comment was that they were driving to the restaurant and I lived downtown so I was walking to meet them and someone asked oh where's Gia and my boyfriend said oh she'll be here soon she's actually just gonna walk because she lives super close and he said it's okay she could use the walk in front of everyone, and I hope your boyfriend punched him. Yeah, he, my boy, like, the thing is with, like, my guy friends is they'll laugh, but then they'll be, like, actually, no, my guy friends at home, if anyone were to say that to me, they'd punch him in the face. Mm -hmm. Same with my boyfriend. But for those guys, all of them are, like, dude, that's messed up. Like, you cannot say that. Like, that, and all of them said they stuck up for me, so they say, in Mm -hmm. the car. But it's, it's so crazy to me that, like, even if you're joking, why yeah. ever? And it, especially me, like, you know, like everyone, I make it very clear uh-huh. what I have done, like the advocacy that I do and what I've been through. Mm-hmm. I just think that that's also like a thing in college of like people commenting on other people's weights. Like there are caddy sorority girls that I have heard make comments about other girls' mm-hmm. weight. I'm like, who raised you? I'm like, mm-hmm. where did you Where's learn? your mother? Where's your yeah. mother? <laughs> who learned like where did you learn that it was okay to ever comment mm-hmm. on someone's weight like that for sure yeah I remember and like this was actually something that I thought about a lot like during quarantine too was like coming out of quarantine and being so paranoid that everyone was gonna think I looked bad or like looked different or like whatever and I remember I went back to work 
and somebody said and like she meant it in a nice way but I had to Mm -hmm. kind of like it was the first time I ever stood up for myself in like regards to someone making a comment like that because she caught me so she was so out of pocket and like caught me so off guard (laughs) she was literally like I walked in she was like "Ooh, someone got a little thick over quarantine and like she meant it in a nice way and like she told me about it later and she was like oh I'm sorry she was like well I saw you doing at home workouts and she was like you're like she was like your butt got big and I was like okay like but depending on the day, some days I want to hear that and some days I don't. And that was not a day I was trying to hear that. And yeah, I just like, I literally, so again, I work at Olive Garden. So I was like at the salad thing, like making a little salad, like going to do my job. And she said that I like turned around and like put the tongs in the salad thing. I was like, really? I was like, this is my first social interaction in months. <laughs> and you're just gonna like, what? Why? Why? Oh, I'm not uh, laughing at you said that. I'm laughing at the fact that that had to have, of course, why is that your first social interaction? I know. I was just like, and I kind of pulled her aside later. I was like, I know you didn't mean it like that. And like, cause thick is a compliment from some people, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always had, I carry my weight in like my thighs and my butt. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of was like, it's like an insecurity of mine. I was like, just like, and she said it so loud. Like, yeah. and I don't, have you ever worked in a restaurant? Yes. Okay, so, like, you know, like, people, like, once you go into the back kitchen, like, there's, all bets are off. People are, like, rowdy and, like, yeah, (laughs) especially the one that I work at. Like, we're all, we're literally all a family and, like, everyone's just kind of, like, rowdy and loud and whatever. Yeah. But, like, everyone in the alley then is, like, looking at my butt. They all, like, turn and look and I was, like. Now everyone is looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was, like, great. Thank you. Um, But, yeah, she apologized and, like, I felt, like, after that interaction, because I kind of said the same thing. I was, like, you don't really need to, like talk about anyone's body like whether they've had an eating disorder or not but good like for you yeah you. and I just like I tried to say it nicely but I do think I was mad so I don't know if I said it in the nicest way but I was like you know like I'm secure enough in like my recovery where like yeah that made me feel upset but I'm not gonna like act on it but what if you said that to like someone that wasn't and then they like you know went and acted on that and like heard your voice in the back of their mind for like years to come you know what I mean yeah Sometimes yeah. just don't say it. Like <laughs> I'm proud of you for saying something because that's also my advice is to start sticking up for yourself. Like I, I think a lot of the time girls will take it with a grain of salt if someone makes a comment about themselves because they, you know, you don't want to seem like a confrontational person. So we'll laugh it off or we'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, like shut up, you know. But you should tell people like, um, no. I wish I would have mm-hmm. said something to him, the, the guy who said that to me, because I could have just absolutely ruined his life of all forms of education that I have mm-hmm. of being like this is a statistic and you can't say things you know what I mean like that's I wish my favorite I thing <laughs> I wish I would have just said something but I didn't because I I'm not a confrontational person and mm-hmm. I was I was hurt like it it dug deep but I have really good people in my life that I called you know three or four friends after that know about what I do who like support what I do and I'm like I'm like devastated like I don't know what to do mm-hmm. and because of them I like just jump right back but if I hadn't had the tools in the sports system that I do, that would have caused a relapse. That's For what sure. You like, have to realize that you might not, you might mean it in a like playful, harmless way, but commenting on bodies have to stop being seen as like a joke. Mm-hmm. I know. I saw something on Instagram over quarantine that was like, when we come, when we come out of this, I hope that we stop commenting on some, on people's bodies and start complimenting them on like, their mind or like a skill that they have or something like that. And like, that was something that really stuck with me too. And it was so ironic because it was a literally day one of going back to work after like four months. And it was, I was like, I was like, did, am I the only one that learned something in quarantine? Yeah, I know. It's, 
It's crazy. I like, I've, I'm proud of the progress that I think like the eating disorder community has made, mm-hmm. but I think there's so much more to do. And that, that comes with college and like, just like your, even like just friends. Mm-hmm. I think like, it doesn't even have to do with college. It like has to do with early twenties of like the conversations that are commonly had. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know this episode was supposed to be about like college and alcohol, but it went a bunch of different ways. But like, I like, I like this. I like, yeah. I like talking to you about this stuff. Same. Um, I feel like a lot of people can like learn from it. Cause I guarantee any girl, any guy too has experienced something like this in their twenties. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Do you, is there anything else that you like want to add or um, anything no, else that you, I, anything else you want to like cover? No, I mean, I think that like you asked all the great questions and brought up all the right things in terms of like what it, like what comes with college and okay. the drinking aspect. Um, but no, my, my advice to like anyone is just that you're pro- like some like girls who listen to this are probably still going to like, if they're in college or going to college, you're probably still going to do this. Mm-hmm. I understand you learn from your mistakes, but you have to surround yourself by the right people who aren't going to condone this behavior to become like a lifelong behavior. Cause I know girls who it wasn't just in college are still doing this post-college mm-hmm. you know what I mean? and you have to just enjoy yourself, but don't see alcohol as a way to feed into eating disorder behaviors. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that was fun. That was fun. I definitely learned a lot about you too. (laughs) My favorite is the one drink wonder. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another week and another episode of the Food for Thought podcast. Like I said at the intro, this is just a little bit of a different style than what you guys are used to. So please DM me leave a rating review and comment on apple just let me know what you guys think of this episode i think it's really great but if you guys hate it let me know so that i can fix it um (laughs) but yeah so that's it that's all i got for you this week please subscribe on apple spotify iHeartRadio, anywhere else you guys get your podcasts that you know when a new episode comes out and i will see you all next week Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Virginia, William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook.